Trump's name is on the list. Seven times Donald Trump's name appears on the Epstein flight log and new deposition transcripts that were released from this document dump of uh, civil records that just took place shows that Epstein brought at least one or two victims to Donald Trump's properties. I know this is being ignored by legacy media, not here on the Midas Touch Network. Stop the filing. Stop the filing. That's what Donald Trump is saying in the whiniest motion I've ever read in my entire life. Heck, if a law student submitted this to me in one of my classes, I would kick them out of my class and say, nope, not ever going to become a lawyer. Donald Trump has filed a contempt motion against special counsel Jack Smith after special counsel Jack Smith has filed some documents and lodged some documents in the Washington, D.C. criminal docket while a stay is pending. Also, Donald Trump has filed a reply brief with the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals in connection with his claim for absolute presidential immunity. And you know how in cases you normally cite precedent and other legal cases, Donald Trump cites to his own social media account and a compendium, he says, that he compiled as to why he wasn't involved in January 6th and why he claims he said everybody should be peaceful and patriotic. And Donald Trump cites himself for this deranged, unhinged conspiracy theory. I think on January 9th, the uh, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals is going to rip Donald Trump's lawyers to shreds. And uh, Donald Trump has just uh, announced through a new report in CBS and through Maggie Haberman that he plans to attend that D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals So a hearing. So expect there to be a lot of whining. And then when it comes to Donald Trump petitioning for certiorari before the United States Supreme Court, appealing the Colorado Supreme Court's order disqualifying Donald Trump from the ballot in the state of Colorado, Donald Trump repeats his argument that he never took an oath to support the United States Constitution. And so if he never took an oath to support the United States Constitution, how could the 14th Amendment, Section 3, apply to him? Trump also argues that he was not an officer of the United States. And Donald Trump argues that the judicial branch can't do anything when it comes to him. Only Congress can do that. And also that uh, fits with Donald Trump's uh, conception as well of absolute presidential immunity, where he says that there is nothing the uh, prosecutors can do because he's entitled to absolute immunity. In both of these claims, he's saying that he is above the law, never even never even took an oath to support the Constitution. Also, this morning, dastardly acts by Donald Trump tormenting the victim that he was found to have raped by a federal court judge and jury back in May in the E. Jean Carroll trial. I know that there's a lot going on in the news right now, but the fact that you have the leader of the Republican Party was found liable for rape by a federal jury 
and a judge who confirmed the jury's ruling when Trump tried to challenge it. And Trump has spent the day post after post after post after post about his victim. That is some of the most heinous conduct imaginable. Yet, that is the GOP in 2024. And to that point, while the economy is doing well, while President Biden has got inflation under control, while there are new statistics out that there is a manufacturing boom and specifically a uh, boom in factory construction projects and in factories across the country and uh, jobs are being created, what do the MAGA Republicans do? performative antics. They go and they run to the border, hold press conferences there. And as President Biden says, look, I keep on saying I'm trying to provide $14 billion to have more border agents to get things done in certain areas where walls may be needed. Sure, we can invest in that, but we need to be smart and surgical about what we do. And I want to invest in making sure that our border security is top notch. What do MAGA Republicans do? They go, we don't want the funding. We don't care about any of that. You need to just shut it down. More PR stunts, again, showing that MAGA Republicans are just in it to create crises. And then once they are the arsonists that create the fire, then they say only they are the ones who can fix it. So we have a lot to discuss. Jordy, how are you? Uh, Brett is not with us uh, tonight, but he'll be back next week. Don't you worry, folks, about that. Jordy, enjoyed doing the show with you last week, and great to do with you. Great to see you again, Big Bro. Great to see you. You know, in, in just the context of everything that that we do here, Ben, at the Midas Touch Network and things, and how much you and I talk, I always forget that you're a professor. And when Trump and his lawyers, you know, file the the these spineless and just baseless, you know, motions and briefs or whatever they're filing. You know, you must look at it just from exactly that lens alone. Like if one of your students were to show you this, how would you react to, to them? And it's just so upsetting. And it's just such an embarrassment, unfortunately, to you, big bro, to your profession, not to you, but to your profession, Ben, because it's just utterly ridiculous what Trump and his legal team and what, what they've all been doing. I'm excited for tonight's show. We got a lot going on. Jordy, just to, to that point, I'll go slightly out of order as I had it in my mind because you, you, you brought that up. I mean, I'm, I'm a law professor. I teach law students. I teach undergrad students when I'm not doing the Midas Touch uh, show and the hot takes that, uh, that I do every day. And so when I see Alina Haba uh, go on and do an interview, this just happened moments before we were live. Let me let me show you this interview. She goes on this podcast. It's a right-wing podcast, even though they probably claim they aren't. They are. And she's asked, do you think the reason that you are Trump's lawyer is because you're attractive? And so the conversation is about her saying that she's pretty and that it's a good thing how pretty she is and that she'd rather be pretty than smart because you can fake being smart and get away with it. This is a real conversation. So yes, Jordy, as, as a law professor, as a lawyer, as someone who litigated for 10 years, when I watch this, 
Right. It is such a mockery of our legal system. It is such a perversion. And speaking mm-hmm. of perversion, we'll get to that in a bit. But play mm-hmm. this clip of Alina Abba. You know, say what you will about Trump, alpha man. Right. You know, you, you, you would suspect he picks an alpha guy. But he picks yeah. a feminine, smart, capable woman. Right. How much of you being an attractive, smart woman do you think played into a role in this? To him or in the public? Because I can tell you it's been a double-edged sword. Yeah, both. It's been something I have had to deal with in the positive and in the negative. I don't think I would be on TV or sitting here if I didn't look the way I look. I think I caught attention. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very honest about that, and, and I don't mind. I'm, an, I'm not a feminist, mm-hmm. okay? I believe in strong women, but I'm, I want my door opened. I I am very much an old school, my parents are Middle Eastern, old school woman. I, Mm -hmm. I, when I'm at home, I cook, I I have a husband, I respect, I know how to turn it off. But do I not think that if, um, you know, I'll I'll tell you something. Somebody said to me, Alina, would you rather be, um, would you rather be smart or pretty? And I said, oh, easy, pretty. I can fake being smart. <laughs> but, I meet him all the time, Lena. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the honest truth. And it's going to make me, yeah. you know, I'm sure there'll be some Washington Post article about it tomorrow. Daily Beast, my favorite. But uh-uh. listen, like, you have to be honest. It doesn't hurt to be good looking in this world, in the PR world, on TV. It doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. And when you're good looking, that's great, but it can also mean people think you're stupid or people think that President Trump hired me because I was good looking. That is absolutely not the case. And uh, Well, you just said that if you were pretty, you can fake that you are smart. What kind of thing is, is, is that to even say? And the fact that there's even that discussion, you know, we have very serious issues very serious issues going before the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals in the United States Supreme Court because an adult crybaby in Donald Trump can't accept the fact that he lost in an election by over 7 million votes and got wiped out in the Electoral College. And this crybaby wants to destroy our legal system, mutilate our Constitution by invoking absolute presidential immunity as a way to say that If you are a former president or president, you could have committed any crimes whatsoever and get away with it. You could have coups. You could be an authoritarian. It doesn't matter at all. And we have a discourse like the one I just showed you where Alina Habba said, well, if you're hot, (laughs) if you're hot, they'll let you. It's good if they do that when you're hot. And and then say, well, Donald Trump's kind of like an alpha male. Donald Trump's not an alpha male. Okay, in the E. Jean Carroll trial, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. Donald Trump fled to another country because he was afraid to be in the state of New York. He ran away to Scotland because he is an absolute coward. When Donald Trump had the opportunity to testify on direct examination in the New York Attorney General civil fraud case, no, he did not testify there and said, oh, if I can't attack the judge's principal law clerk, then it's so unfair that I can't show up and testify. I can't be there. Donald Trump is avoiding every single debate in the Republican presidential primary. Donald Trump is not an alpha at all. And the fact that they even frame things in those terms, alpha who's hot, how about we follow our freaking constitution? Okay, how about we do that? And then after that, Alina Habba and just, I don't know how they live with themselves. They just say, Alina Habba, who's there doing these 
absurd press conferences every day, prancing around and bragging about how she got sanctioned over a million dollars in a case. Bet you didn't hear about that. I got sanctioned one million dollars by a Clinton appointed judge because you filed a freaking frivolous lawsuit. That's why you got sanctioned over, you know, close to a million dollars. Here's what she says, Jordy, about uh, the other side. She says mm. that this is what how the other side acts here. Play this clip. They love having pressers. They love having press conferences. Jack Smith. They love having press conferences, getting in front, having their moment. It's almost a narcissistic. They love having their press conference. It's almost <laughs> narcissistic. I think special counsel Jack Smith is given in total two press conferences and zero interviews. Each press conference lasted shorter than, I think, three minutes, where he literally just said, an indictment has been unsealed. The allegations in the indictment are the following. I will not take further questions. I will let our filings do the talking for us in the courtroom. And Alina Habba's out there every single day with Donald Trump saying, the, the judge valued Mar-a-Lago at $27 million, and it's actually <laughs> worth 150 times that. Mar-a-Lago is worth $1.5 billion, and the judge valued it at 27 No, idiot. You valued it at $27 million because you didn't want to pay property taxes. The judge was saying what you said. That's what the judge was citing. But it's ben, all projection. Ben. Ben. And by the way, Jordy, why is she even on that show in the first place? What she doesn't she have work to be doing anyway? And, and then second of all, J Jack Smith of all the people to reference of of who likes to give pressers, you're going to throw out Jack Smith. He's literally to your point, Ben, giving out two press conferences, maybe, and those were like statements that he wrote before and didn't take any questions after, or maybe all of two minutes long. I'd say this too, Ben. Have they no shame? But I know the answer to that. They don't have any shame, these MAGA Republicans, the Alina Habas, the Donald Trumps. They love it. And they love lying to their base when Alina Habba goes in Charlie Kirk's event and told, you know, says the thing about the, I bet you didn't know I was sanctioned a million dollars and laughs at her own people because those are the people who actually paid off her fine. <laughs> those are the people that donate to Donald Trump's legal defense fund. And where does that money go? Oh, I don't know. Maybe to the lawyers who defend Donald Trump. And where's that money coming from? All of the people that show up to these crazy unhinged events. It should infuriate them, Ben. It should infuriate them that they're being lied to like this on a daily basis. And for those that have come over from the, you know, former conservative party, right? I, I'm happy to have you here. And I'm happy that you're seeing the truth that you're just being lied to. And that's why what we always talk about on this show is we don't frame things even in like liberal or conservative because MAGA is not conservative. We frame things here as you're either pro-democracy or you're MAGA, which is extremist and fascist plus idiocracy. And I think you'll see that idiocracy shining through over and over again. Jordy, why is it that legacy media is too cowardly to talk about the fact that Donald Trump was mentioned in, I mean, in, in, and I give them credit right here. This is from the messenger who put this out, but they're a new media company um, that Donald Trump is mentioned in the, on the Epstein list. 
seven times on the flight log in deposition transcripts that were just released. So there was a document dump of, of uh, records, deposition transcripts from a civil lawsuit that was brought by one of uh, the victims of Jeffrey Epstein. Donald Trump's name appears in the deposition. We know that it appeared seven times in the flight log. And let me ask you just this question, Jordy, before getting in that. Do you think it would be disqualifying? Would it be disqualifying for you, let me say it, if President Biden had said this in the past? That if you learned that President Biden said the following, would this be disqualifying for you? I've known Jeffrey Epstein for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It's even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do. And many of them are on the younger side. Would that be disqualifying for you? Yes, yes. Automatically, yes, yes. Disqualifying, thousand percent. Would it be disqualifying for you if there was a document dump that took place in a case involving uh, Jeffrey Epstein, the one that just took place, and uh, it said the following, one of the victims in the deposition said the following. We, as we were flying, Jeffrey said, why don't you go sit in the cockpit to check out the landing? So we were sitting there and the pilots told me to go back and tell him that we can't land in New York and that we were going to have to land in Atlantic City. Jeffrey said, great, let's just call up Joe Biden and we'll go to one of his businesses. I don't recall the name of it, but we'll go to one of Biden's businesses. If that was in a deposition transcript, Jordy, would that be disqualifying for you if Jeffrey Epstein is taking victims to a Biden house or a Biden property? Yes, automatically 1000% disqualifying, cannot, will not, will not vote for that. Let me ask you another question. If when documents were released, you saw on the flight logs, in addition to all I just showed you, that President Biden, when he was not the president, he took seven flights with uh, Jeffrey Epstein on Jeffrey Epstein's private jet. Would that be something that would raise a lot of red flags? So all of the things I just said are things about Donald Trump. If you go to the deposition transcript that I just read, the victim said that Jeffrey said, great, we'll call up Donald Trump and we'll go to, I don't recall the name of the casino, but we'll go to the casino, referring to one of Trump's casino. Mm. The flight log names Donald Trump seven different times. Uh, as being on the flight on several different occasions. And Donald Trump said, I've known Jeffrey Epstein for 15 years. Terrific guy. Donald Trump said this in 2002. Okay, that was 2002. That wasn't like Donald Trump said it like in the 80s. It was 2002 after Donald Trump met Melania Trump at the Kit Kat Club. And he was introduced by someone who had a foreign modeling agency who brought over foreign women as models and threw parties for them at the Kit Kat Club with wealthy men that Donald Trump attended those parties right there. Do you think that... uh, you add all of those factors up together right there. And 2002, that's what Donald Trump is like. I've known Jeffrey Epstein for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It's even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do. And many of them are on the younger side. What if instead of talking about um, 
infrastructure and bringing jobs to this country and tackling inflation and supporting our democracy and supporting our veterans and supporting Ukraine and our allies. What if President Biden gave a press conference and he was asked a question about Ghislaine Maxwell? Just let me start the premise of that. That would never, ever happen because President Biden has no relationship with someone who's a convicted sex offender. So the question would never get posed in the first place to President Mm -hmm. Biden. But then imagine that this were the answer. Let's play this clip right here of Donald Trump when he's asked about Ghislaine Maxwell. And this is when she was arrested and going to trial and Trump was still disgracing the Oval Office. Play this clip. Um, Ghislaine Maxwell is in prison, and so a lot of people want to know if she's going to turn in powerful people. And I know you've talked in the past about Prince Andrew, and uh, you've criticized Bill Clinton's behavior. I'm wondering, uh, do you feel that she's going to turn in powerful men? How do you see that working out? I don't know. I haven't really been following it too much. I just wish her well, frankly. Uh, I've met her numerous times over the years, especially since I lived in Palm Beach, and I guess they lived in Palm Beach. Uh, but I wish her well. Whatever it is, uh, I don't know the situation with Prince Andrew. Just don't know. Not aware of it. I wish her well. I wish Ghislaine Maxwell well is what Donald Trump said. So we're putting these data points together, right? He says Epstein's a terrific guy and likes to be around with girls on the younger side. Trump is on Trump is on the plane on seven different occasions. His name is on the log. That's what he says about Ghislaine Maxwell. And how about this? I, I could show a lot of clips like this. But imagine if there was a recording that surfaced of President Biden in the past, not championing civil rights like President Biden did during his career before becoming uh, the president of the United States like he did in the Senate. But imagine if the clip was not of speeches of uh, President Biden in the Senate uh, fighting for responsible gun ownership in the past or fighting for equal rights and civil rights, which President Biden was known for um, doing before becoming president. What if President Biden said this about an 18-year-old girl, Lindsay Lohan? Here, play this clip. What do you think of Lindsay Lohan now? I think she's hot. There's something there, right? Yes. But you have to like freckles. I've seen a, a, you know, a close-up of her chest. Yes. And a lot of freckles. Are you into freckles? If the father's a wreck like the way he is, right? you imagine the sex with this troubled... Yeah, you're probably right. She's probably deeply troubled and therefore great in bed. Back in the day... How come the deeply troubled women... Yes. You know, deeply, deeply troubled. Right. They're always the best in bed. If for some reason what I said is true, I mean, they're, they're just unbelievable. I can tell from the... You don't want to be with them for the long term, but for the short term, there's nothing. Or how about this? This is what Donald Trump said about Paris Hilton when she was 12 years old, 12 years old. Play this clip. Really beautiful, really beautiful is Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. And I've known Paris Hilton from the time she's 12. She's hot. Her parents are friends of mine. And, you know, the first time I saw her, she walked into the room and said, who the hell is that? (laughs) 
Did you want a banger? She is a very, well, at 12, I wasn't interested. I've never been into that. Right, now. right. They've sort of always stuck around that 25 category. But even at 12, you were kind of no, like, but wow, I, she's I, I saw at 12, she was beautiful. But honestly, you know, Paris gets knocked and this and that. But she's very beautiful. Is she, she dumb? flawless. She's, she's dumb like a fox. Have you seen the uh, video, the sex video? I have seen it. You did? What did you do? You, did you went no, on the it internet? No, it was just, yeah, just... How did you see that? that? <laughs> what did you do? Melania showed it to me. She did? She showed it to me. What and did you think of that? I, think? I, I think it's probably unfortunate, and perhaps it made... What is that noise? That's the tape. By the way, did you notice at the end there, it, it was subtle, because obviously the introductory part was so heinous and offensive. Mm-hmm. He blamed Melania. For yeah. showing him, he said it was Melania's fault why he saw it, showing just what a absolute sociopath is. And, and, and here's the thing, and I, I had this debate before with Michael Cohen, and, and Cohen was saying that, you know, all these other things are disqualifying about Donald Trump, but we should be focusing on all these other things. And by the way, I, I, ag- I agree we should be focusing on, and we will. It's not like I don't focus on these other things. I focus <laughs> on the January 6th insurrection all the time and Trump's role in it. I focus on Donald Trump's financial crimes all the time, Donald Trump's fraud. We, mm-hmm. can, we can walk and chew gum at the same time, but you have to have a modicum of moral character. And I just want to be clear that if this was the other way around and President Biden did any of that, any, any of, it, of that at all, it would be the most disqualifying thing. And how do I know that? Because we've had to hear endlessly for almost a decade now that Hunter Biden's consensual nudes have some relevance on President Biden when Hunter Biden's not holding an office, not like Kushner, who made $640 million while in the White House. I think back to that Alina Haba confession and projection. All they want to do is, uh, is be on pressers. And as like the right wing tries to attack Hunter Biden from getting like a $4,000 loan from Joe Biden when Biden was not the VP and when Biden was not the president of the United States, after a while, Hunter Biden was trying to recover. So Hunter Biden can like buy a truck or something. Yeah. And that's what the right wing focuses on. But then, yeah, $640 million for Kushner while in office. He makes 640. Who cares? $3.5 billion from Middle East nations, $2 billion coming from the Saudi sovereign wealth fund when MBS Uh, The crown prince of Saudi Arabia says, I have Jared Kushner in my pocket, and it's believed that Kushner may have handed over a kill list to NBL, whatever. A new report comes out today from the Democrat Oversight Committee that uh, Trump directly was paid over $5 million from China from President Xi, and there's probably a lot more than just that, $7.8 million from foreign governments, including our adversaries, and that's in addition to all of those other numbers that I previously just listed with Kushner and Ivanka, and in addition to about $160 million Donald Trump made in office from foreign business while he was in office. And for the MAGA Republicans, just like, what, whatever, whatever. And so my point to Conan is I'll focus on all of this other stuff, but at the end of the day, any one of these things should be disqualifying. And I don't want to get distracted about how abhorrent Donald Trump's conduct is, and especially how he directs that at women. And then you go back to that Alina Haba uh, podcast where then the right-wing echo chamber goes, oh, that's just Donald Trump being an alpha. Bullshit. 
That's not <laughs> being, that's not what alpha is. Exactly. Alpha is not treating women that way. Okay. Right. And if we're a respectable nation, that is the way no alpha man treats a woman. That's what a freaking coward loser does. And by the way, pull up these posts from Donald Trump this freaking morning. This is what this loser is doing this freaking morning. E. Jean Carroll, who he was found to have raped, Donald Trump was found to have raped her by a federal court. Look at these posts this morning. Post, 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 post. He's tormenting the victim who he raped this morning. And Republicans want to make this freaking maniac the leader of their party and the leader of our country and give this freaking maniac the nuclear codes? I, 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 if you are not outraged at that heading into 2024, then I don't know what you could possibly be outraged at because that behavior right there is not just un-American. It is freaking disgusting and subhuman behavior, Jordan. Heinous and despicable. I urge all of our audio listeners to head on over to the YouTube channel specifically for this episode and look at that video that we just played of Donald Trump attacking the person whom he raped, E. Jean Carroll attacking her post after post after post like some i don't know like some just deranged high school student going through like a weird emotional breakdown this is utterly bizarre behavior and so for all of those who sit on the fence and be like you know i'm not sure if i'm a biden guy or a trump guy or democrat or republican i you know i am i just want the country to be normal again well so do i and so does everybody right like that's what we want but putting an unhinged lunatic that's going to go after his rape victim and, and the fact that he even has a rape victim at all should be disqualifying to you first and foremost. But just go look at these things that we're showing you on the screen right now and just tell yourselves and ask yourselves and, and show people around you who may be on the fence. Hey, is this somebody that you want to have the nuclear codes? Is this someone you want to represent you or we the people? Absolutely not. Unhinged, deranged, despicable. There was a time where if you spelled potato wrong, Out. you would not be able to disqualify. Gone. If you if you took a, gone. gone. If you took a weird photo of yourself windsurfing and like looked out of touch, that was a major major scandal. You know, if you shouted "Yahoo, we're going here!" Woohoo! You know, gone. then that's that's it. You know, and that's because there was a modicum of moral character, a, a floor that was needed to be able to become the president of the United States. You know, when I became a lawyer uh, 13 years ago or so, almost 14 years at this point, wow. it's wild to even think to even think about that. You have to take a moral character exam and they do a background check on your moral character. Okay. I would not be able to be a lawyer if any of the things, or you wouldn't be, I want to make it personal to me, but no one would be able to become a lawyer if they did any of the things that Donald Trump engaged in. You would lose your law license. But now all of a sudden you can become the president of the United States and engage in this behavior. And the media wants to cover it like it's a horse race and that they're these kind of commentators watching a football game between competitors. That is not your role. Your role is to report the facts about what is going on. And if somebody is found liable for rape, you're supposed to say as the media that that is disqualifying. Because frankly, if you don't do that, 
I think that you're complicit. I'll just go mm-hmm. and say it. I think you're complicit. By the way, Jordy, take a look at how this was this article was even written by Axios. And and here's what I mean about the the way they describe it as like a foot race and like feelings. This so they, they do their story, right? Right. And, right. and, and let's let's just go to the before going to the intrigue, let's just pull up uh, salty the, the main one. Factory construction spending booms under President Biden, right? Objectively, that sounds good, right, Jordy? Economy good, factory booming. U.S. manufacturing construction spending, $209.8 billion. Okay, that's that seems seasonally adjusted annual rate monthly. And then we go into the story by the numbers. Let's let's go to the first one by, by the numbers, which is manufacturing-related construction hit a $210 billion annual rate in November more than triple the average rate in the 2010s, according to census data out this week. All that spending is driving an increase in construction hiring. Job openings in construction increased by $43,000 last month, according to BLS data out yesterday, and are up by $111,000 from the last year. So if I'm writing that story and I want to give you my opinion on it, I would say that's good data. Mm -hmm. And I would say that should be good for President Biden. Ultimately, we'll have to see if people feel those effects. But jobs are good for our country, period. That's how I'd end the story. Because, Ben, up until then, you were just reading that that was just data. Those were those were data points. Those were statistics. That was that that was a good article up up until that point and then it kind of i don't know just just loses all sense of itself what, what happens next ben then in the article they go the intrigue ooh ooh the intrigue here uh <laughs> the on. boom has done little for biden politically as most voters likely don't think about the building of new factories as they assess the condition of the economy or when they assess the condition of the economy plus Republican politicians have claimed credit for a lot of the construction that is happening thanks to those new laws. Those new laws, the laws that President Biden championed that the Republicans opposed. I don't know. Let me give you a soft way to make that confusing. Way to make that that sentence as confusing as as possible. You know, just a simple reframe there. As Republicans try and take credit for the policies that the Biden administration put forward, it's just like why 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 pivot the article into such a weird a weird base? And and by the way, I, I do have an answer to this, but I'll let you finish, and then I want to chime in a little bit more. And then they go, as most voters likely don't think about the building of new factories when they assess the condition of the economy. I, r- really? Because if you say job openings in construction increased by 43,000 in the last month and those jobs are filled, I don't know. I think if the voter is somebody who got that good paying factory job who can now put a roof over, over the heads of their families and could provide a good meal for their families and take their families on vacations and not have to be paycheck to paycheck. I don't know. That seems to be an issue that a voter would care about if they can, if they have access to better paying jobs. Like, like on, on what basis do you say that most voters don't link more jobs to the condition of the economy? I mean, perhaps at a micro level, a voter who's not in that industry may not link that, but for at least 43,000 and perhaps hundreds of thousands of Americans and potentially millions who are getting these jobs, 
that is life-changing. And all I heard under the Trump administration, every single freaking day, stock market, stock market, stock market, stock market, the stock market, the stock market. And stock market is not an indicator of the economy. What is an indicator are jobs like this, like factory jobs and good paying jobs for workers. That's actually what is the economy. And Biden's doing both. Yet for legacy media over and over again, they, they, they twist and they contort it uh, this way. And we'll talk when we come back. One of the things that we see that uh, right wing is doing right now over and over again, their plan for 2024, they're like, oh, crap, Biden against all odds while we try to screw this up. I mean, heck, it was the MAGA Republicans that added $8 trillion of debt. It was Donald Trump that did it. It was them who recklessly printed money. It was them who are the arsonists. But they're like, crap, Biden put out that fire. Mm -hmm. Inflation's under control. Interest rates are going down. The economy's good. Can we make the argument on crime? No, actually, crime's in record lows. It's only higher right now in red states and red cities and red counties. But overall, crime is down significantly to historical lows. So so what is it that we do? They run to the border. They mm. say invasion. They come up with fake stats. About 12 million people are invading the border. They take videos. Many of them of these caravans are taken from the south of the, the border, the southern border of Mexico. They're not even, lots of them are videos from the United States, Mexican border. Well, there are, there are some there. And then they show people crossing out of context of like, well, what's going on? I don't know. Are these people processed? You know, hundreds of thousands of people are getting deported right now. What happens thereafter? And when President Biden says, look, I want $14 billion, more border agents, more border security, a tougher border. I'm willing to do that. What do MAGA Republicans say? Nah, nah, we don't want that money. Money's not going to solve the problem because it's just gaslighting and being arsonist over and over again, Jordy. Ben, I want to say two things real quick. One, on the topic that we were just talking about before with the Axios article, there's been this weird media overcorrection that I've noticed from legacy media over the years, over these last couple of years specifically, where they try and show that they're so not biased by putting inherent bias in their articles by contributing to some weird narratives. So for example, specifically with the Biden article, like just stick to the facts. Like that article did such a great job in the beginning, just giving me data and analytics and numbers and statistics. This all sounds great. And now you're going to come in and lead with some weird narrative and opinion and thought piece like out of nowhere. Just why? So you don't get a mean tweet from some MAGA Republican saying, you were mean to my guy because you didn't talk about X, Y, and Z. No, it's, it's lead with the facts. The facts will guide everybody's North Star there. And then if you have an opinion or thought piece afterwards, like just like let it sort of be known that, hey, we're going to get into an area now that's not necessarily based on all the data that I'm showing you, you know, that 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 it comes before this. It's truly upsetting to see. And then when we see the border, Ben, and everything like that, I mean, I just can't stop thinking about Democrats want to get things done and Republicans time and time again just want to use situations and people and and, and things as props for their campaigns, for their own agendas. Republicans in this new age, and especially the MAGA Republicans, they don't actually want to solve these problems because then they have another thing that they can't go on Fox News and get invited on to talk about. Like if they actually sat at the table with President Biden and figured out a solution for the border, which Democrats, by the way, want to do. 
they lose all sense of all of their talking points. And all of a sudden they have nothing to run on and, and win in their red districts and red states. They don't want to actually solve the problems. That's the worst thing for them because to them, they could care less about their constituents or the American people. They just want to stay in their seats. And then convince the American people that they're worthless. And that's one of the indicia of authoritarian regimes. If you can get people to accept that they're worthless, mm -hmm. they'll accept breadcrumbs. And you could throw the breadcrumbs at people. By the way, the way Donald Trump envisions himself as, as doing those kind of heinous acts and making people feel that that's what they deserve. The American experiment has always been a rejection of that concept, that the American dream, the whole concept of, 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 of what we can all be as Americans that's the power of America. And MAGA Republicans want people to feel like crap, want people to feel worthless, create the problems, claim they're going to fix it, keep people in a perpetual crisis that can't be solved, and then say a strong man should come along and be the only person who can fix it. It is a age-old tale of authoritarianism historically in other countries, but the fact that here it falls squarely with the Republican Party that has given up democracy in favor of their MAGA fascism. We'll talk about a lot of the, a lot of this uh, in additional detail, and specifically, I want to get into some of the court filings by Donald Trump, including this motion for contempt that he filed, this Fourteenth Amendment, Section Three disqualification petition, Trump's reply on the issue of absolute uh, presidential immunity. The, the the theme throughout all of these whether it's absolute presidential immunity or I never took the oath to support the Constitution, is not that I didn't do the things. It's just whatever. I can do whatever I want and get away with it. And if that's not the most anti-American concept, then, well, I got something to sell you. Let's take a quick break. What if you could support small family farmers and reduce your environmental imprint, all while enjoying the highest quality meat on earth? Well, when you join the Moink movement, you can. I'm so excited to tell you about Moink. That's Moo plus Oink. Moink is a meat subscription box company on a mission to fight for the family farm. They're located in a rural American area run by an eighth generation female farmer. Their animals are raised humanely. Their employees are paid a living wage and the quality of their product is better than anything you'll find in a store. Moink delivers grass fed and grass finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken and sustainable wild caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did. And as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better and the Moink difference is a difference you can taste. Unlike the supermarket, Moink gives you total control over the quality and source of your food. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes to chicken breasts to pork chops to salmon fillets and much more. Plus, you could cancel any time. We here at the Midas Touch Network, we are unapologetically pro-democracy. And it's so amazing to know that Moink is helping save rural America. I love it. And I know you will too. Join the Moink movement today. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted. And Ring Doorbell founder Jamie Siminoff jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Plus, they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got Moinked. I know I do and you will too. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Midas Touch right now. And listeners of this show get free ground beef for a year. That's one year of 
the best ground beef you'll ever taste before a limited time. Spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Midas Touch. That's moinkbox.com slash Midas Touch. 2024 is finally here, and that means we can enjoy two of the most popular American pastimes, building new habits for the new year and silently complaining when people say Happy New Year a week into January. When it comes to new habits to improve your life and our planet, I have a great one. Switching to real bamboo toilet paper. If you're still using conventional toilet paper in your home, there's no better time to dump that stuff that contributes to deforestation and switch to Reel's 100% bamboo toilet paper. And best of all, Real is an easy resolution because once you make the switch, there's no more work. It's always shipped free to your door in plastic-free packaging. And with a hassle-free subscription, it comes exactly when you need it. And you'll never have to worry about running out at home or forgetting to buy any at the store. When you use Real, it doesn't feel like you're sacrificing something to help the earth. In fact, it feels like an upgrade. Bamboo is the perfect material for toilet paper. It's amazingly soft and strong. And because the plant regenerates like grass, we're not killing trees just to make something that we use once and then flush down the drain. Real also partners with One Tree Planted, and with every box of Real that you buy, they are funding reforestation efforts across the country. So unlike the other TP that cuts down trees, Real is helping to actively plant them. I love the way Real feels, and Scout's Honor, it feels like a true upgrade from what I was using before. Real Paper is available in easy, hassle-free subscriptions or for one-time purchase on their website. All orders are conveniently delivered to your door with free shipping in 100% recyclable plastic-free packaging. If you head to realpaper.com slash Midas and sign up for a subscription using our code Midas at checkout, you'll automatically get 30% off your first order and free shipping. That's R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R.com slash M-E-I-D-A-S and enter promo code Midas to get that 30 percent off your first order plus free shipping let's make a change for good this year and switch to real paper real is paper for the planet thank you to our unapologetically pro-democracy sponsors right there thanks to sponsors like that thanks to those emojis that you see in the chat on youtube where you can gift each other memberships and uh, allow other people to access those emojis. And it's through our Patreon at patreon.com slash Midas Touch that we grow this pro-democracy platform. We don't have outside investors, zero, zip, zilch. And think about that, that we've been able to grow this now where more people watch this digital platform than watch Fox or CNN or MSNBC on digital. And that's thanks to you, the Midas Mighty. Jordy, if President Biden, we talked about earlier, President Biden did this, would this be disqualified? Right. If, if President Biden made a post that said, mm. you know, President Biden did that post on democracy today, we need to ensure democracy in 2024 Great prevails. Yeah. What if President Biden wrote, we need to preserve and protect democracy in the 2020 election? And he said it was the 2020 election. Do you think there would be a front page? Honest question. Do you think there would be a front page story on major media? And this would be a story 
Is President Biden suffering from cognitive decline? He's saying it's 2020, it's 2024. Do you have any doubt about that? Absolutely. That's exactly what happened. It would be bigger news than the time when Obama wore a tan suit and they lost their minds about it. I mean, that's, yes, on every front. In addition to Donald Trump leading an insurrection, being on the Epstein flight log, saying that Epstein's a great guy and, and, and likes that he hangs out around young girls, in addition to Donald Trump being found liable for rape in a civil case, in addition to Donald Trump being on audio bragging about sexually assaulting women, in addition to Donald Trump engaged in financial fraud, in addition to all of those things. Here's what Donald Trump posted uh, this morning. The invasion through our southern border is for purposes of voting in the 2020 election. They are signing people up would be the end of America MAGA, the, the 2020 election. That also just goes to show you that this all of this is being coordinated and planned out of Donald Trump. The entire House of Representatives is MAGA when it comes to the Republicans in the House of Representatives. And, and they just they just coordinate it with Donald with Donald Trump. And you got MAGA Mike, right? Who's who who's gone his whole life talking about, oh, because of my religious values, I'm so superior to you and you and you. You know, Donald Trump's his guy and Lauren Berbert's Lauren Bobert Bobert's his gal. <laughs> And he's and he's endorsing Lauren Boebert. Go Boebert! There's nothing more that satisfies those evangelical values than Donald Trump. They're and- such phonies, Ben. They're just such phonies. I mean, I couldn't imagine going my whole life with this set of values or perceived values that I sell to my friends, my family, my constituents. And then when you have just the moment to denounce some reprehensive behavior, what do you do? You double down in it, and you, and, and and you actually prop them up. It, it, we, we did a five-minute video on this where we where we highlighted every one of these Republican leaders, um, like leadership people right. who have been involved in uh, sex crimes and things like this. And we go, we do a very detailed job. But like, I could you, you could go into the parties, like who's the leader of the Republican Party in Florida, right? You've got that Christian Ziegler guy who's now being uh, investigated for crimes related to sexual abuse of a a woman who was involved in these threesome parties that he would have with his wife, who was the co-founder of Moms for Liberty. And she's on the Sarasota board. She refuses to like resign, even though, you know, she's, you know, been the exact opposite of what she's preached. It, 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 you know, you go to, I think in Pennsylvania, Jordy, in the Commonwealth in your home state, one of these like parental rights people, she was like throwing underage parties at her home. And she was like, she punched a teenager, Ben. She punched a teenager. Punched a teenager in the face. You know, it's it, it, while letting all the other ones like drink alcohol and have these ragers at her home. It's over. And, and, and these are the people who want to take away your freedoms. And they are. They're it's taking away your reproductive freedom. They want to take away yep. who, you, who you marry, who you love. It's it's people like this who, who, who behave this way. Let me just show you some of these recent filings here. And, and they all have a commonality when it comes to Donald Trump. It's the lack of accountability. I, I can do whatever it is I, that I want. And Donald Trump says that if special counsel Jack Smith keeps on filing documents in the Washington, D.C. criminal case, 
Donald Trump's unable to handle that. That's that's causing him such distress and harassment. So you know the Washington, D.C. criminal case before Judge Tanya Chuckin has stayed. But even though it stayed, special counsel Jack Smith is voluntarily producing records to Donald Trump because Jack Smith's like, okay, I'm pretty confident we're going to win on an appeal, and then we'll just turn over everything to you, and you'll have it. You don't have to read it. Trump's not required to read any of these documents because they stay pauses the proceedings, but Jack Smith is turning these over. So what is Donald Trump doing in response? Donald Trump goes, I don't want you to turn over anything to me. Not only that, but you're harassing me by turning over records voluntarily, and special counsel Jack Smith filed a motion in limine which Trump absolutely doesn't have to respond to. It's just Jack Smith filed it on the public docket. There's no deadlines for Donald Trump yet until the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals eventually affirms what the district court does and then a mandate issues and if there's no stay and the proceedings take place. But Donald Trump has called that harassment. He says he's being harassed. And then he goes on to say he, he, that, that special counsel Jack Smith shall, shall be held in contempt along with other lawyers on Jack Smith's team like Molly Gaston and Thomas Wyndham. They should be financially sanctioned, ordered to remove, take the documents back that they've turned over to Donald Trump because they say that uh, by filing these documents, they've turned the docket into a PR machine for the Biden administration's talking point. Directly from the, it's like, what are you, oh, man. what are you even talking about? And then they go on to whine. They go, well, what's happening here? This is actually in their motion that was filed today. They go, Jack Smith is following President Biden campaign because President Biden's campaign went on Truth Social and they're creating an account on Truth Social to post there. And because the Biden campaign said that they want to combat disinformation by creating an account on Truth Social to troll Trump, that therefore, when Jack Smith is calling out disinformation of Donald Trump, they are following the tactics of the Biden campaign on Truth Social. And by the way, in Donald Trump's reply brief to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals on the issue of absolute presidential immunity, which Trump is going to lose, Donald Trump cites as precedent Donald Trump. So you know how normally in cases you're supposed to cite like, well, this case said this and that case said that. Donald Trump actually cites a compendium that he made and posted on his social media as evidence supporting absolute presidential immunity, why he says that January 6th was peaceful and patriotic. That's what Donald Trump argues. He goes, the government relies on facts outside of the indictment to, this is on page four, to wrongfully suggest Trump is responsible for the events at the Capitol on January 6th. This is improper. The indictment does not charge Trump with responsibility for the events at the Capitol on January 6th, and no evidence supports the allegations, Trump says. The government's account selectively omits key facts, such as that in his speech on the ellipse, Trump encouraged the crowd to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard and cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. Trump denounced the destruction of monuments and other symbols of American democracy. He never encouraged anyone to enter the Capitol. He stated on social media that protesters remain peaceful and stay peaceful and released a video from the Rose Guard and telling protesters to go home now. 
The government's brief omits the vigorous disputes and questions about the actual outcome of the 2020 presidential ele election, disputes that date back to November 2020 and continue to this day in our nation's political discourse and are based on extensive information about widespread fraud and irregularities in the 2020 election. So here, does Donald Trump cite, I don't know, 70 court cases that say he lost when he tried to make these frivolous challenges? to the 2020 election where he got slaughtered, where he lost by over 7 million votes in the popular votes and got crushed in the Electoral College, crushed from a historical perspective in the Electoral College. Does Donald Trump cite court cases or studies or reports? No. What does he cite? Truthsocial.com slash at real Donald Trump citing Donald Trump sharing his compendium of election fraud in 2020. That's what Donald Trump is citing to the court. I mean, again, they lower out, you know, going back to what we said at the outset, right. when you said, Jordy, Ben, you know, you're a law professor. Like I'm like said, it's not a political party thing for me. That's why I say this is about pro-democracy right here. Mm -hmm. This is not like, oh, liberal view, a conservative view. No, today's Republican party is not conservative anymore. They are a MAGA mutation, and they now champion January 6th. So if you all say January 6th is an insurrection, January 6th was a travesty, January 6th is an embarrassment to mm -hmm. our country, what do Republicans say? Oh, that's a Democrat talking point. So much so that Bill Barr is viewed as a rhino. Bill Barr, they say, is part of a – that's what the MAGA says. Billy. Bill Barr was part of a liberal – the uh, rhino, Bill Barr. <laughs> I'm not making Bill Barr's a rhino to them uh, right now. But 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 so the so the Republicans say, oh, the Democrats are politicizing it because the Republican political position, January 6th, peaceful, patriotic, great. The Democrats, insurrection. And then the media frames it as a both sides. Mm -hmm. Here's the Democratic position, here's the Republican position. No. That's not the Republican position. That's the terrorist position. And just say it. That's the position of terrorists. That's the position of insurrectionists. That's the position of traitors. That's the position of people who engage in treasonous conduct. If you look at the insurrection and say that was peaceful and patriotic. And then, by the way, the idiocracy part that overlays here is then when they go, oh, but it was a Fed surrection and, and the Feds were the ones who were involved. So the Feds were peaceful and patriotic and they were doing it. I mean, what are you even no, – and, and that's the Fed showing the badge when it's like someone smoking a vape inside the Capitol building. It's just the dumbest treason too. It's the dumbest stuff that lowers the discourse and demeans the integrity of our country. But here's the thing, Jay. I think the American people get it. And I showed you this clip. I, I said – I said, this voter right here, the primary voter for yes. Nikki Haley, someone who I probably vehemently disagree with on a lot of policy. The reality is I might not. I assume I vehemently disagree with him on a lot of policy. But mm -hmm. but but who knows what we would forge if we actually talked about, you know, you know, certain, you know, certain issues. But who knows? But he's being asked at this primary event where he's supporting Nikki Haley. Um, would you ever support Donald Trump? And I think that there is a base of many, many, many Americans who are just like this guy right here. And I know a lot of people watch the Midas Touch Network. And again, that's why I think if you looked at my views, you'd go, okay, Ben, liberal, progressive on paper. But, but 
I think I'm conservative too. I believe in conserving our democracy. I believe in conserving our institutions. I believe that when the Constitution's 14th Amendment, Section 3, says things, that it means things, by the way. My view of the Second Amendment, when you say well-regulated militia, I'm a strict textualist. I think well-regulated militia should mean regulation, and it relates to militias, and it doesn't mean that we should read out all of the other portions of it and just be like, guns everywhere. Well, that doesn't make sense to me. To me, separation of church and state, as, as stated in the Constitution, means just that to me. And so uh, is that a liberal position? I, I think that that framing does all does everybody such a disservice. But I could say that this MAGA Republican Party is not conservative at all. And I think that the continued conversation that, that, that exists right now, legacy media doesn't want to acknowledge it. They'll be like, oh, Midas touch a far left. What are you even, what are you even talking about? I think that a lot of voters who were Republicans feel like this guy does. Watch him. Will show Donald Trump will likely be the Republican nominee. If that is the case, will you support whoever the nominee were? No, I wouldn't support Donald Trump. I voted for Joe Biden last time. I would do the same again if, if that were the, the race. Wow. Is there something Donald Trump could do to win over your support from Biden if that were the eventual case? Not at this point. Absolutely. <laughs> is there something he did to especially sour you from him? There, there are a lot of things. That's a tough one to answer. But, you know, January 6th in particular, I think this is an election about democracy, and I would ultimately choose democracy over political issues, even though I probably align more with him on a lot of the issues. One last thing I want to ask you. There are some rumors that Nikki Haley may be um, his VP pick. In that case, what would you think, and could you support him if she was his VP? I wouldn't support him under any circumstance. Um, and I would say the likelihood of her being his VP, I think, is really low. Um, Tucker Carlson and a whole bunch of the of the right wing media is already 100% against this. I don't see him doing it. I think her her support of Ukraine is is critical. It's probably the top issue of the election for me. Is on foreign policy at this point, on deficit reduction. I think she's miles ahead of Donald Trump on both. Absolutely. I know actually in the Republican Party, support for Ukraine is kind of divided 50-50. She's made the case for Ukraine out here today. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you think about the Republican Party being kind of split on this issue? Yeah, I think she's 100% right. The invasion of Ukraine is wrong. It's divisive. It's unethical. And she stands on the right side of history. So... Look, mm -hmm. do, do I, I mean, if you want to talk about reducing the deficit, that's something that President Biden has worked on doing and President Biden's uh, initiatives have been very fiscally responsible. Donald Trump and the Republicans added $8 trillion. And going back to this, these comparisons that we do, could you imagine if $8 trillion in debt was added under one term of the Biden administration, what they would be talking about now. And, and then the MAGA Republicans, because they have no shame and they can say things like Alina Habba does. Well, Jack Smith cares just about all of his attention. Like they have no shame. They don't acknowledge that Trump has poop in his pants. You know, and, I, and I'm being <laughs> facetious that they, they don't acknowledge that they're the arsonists. Right. You know what I mean? They don't acknowledge that they're the ones who created $8 trillion. And they did, and they know they did. They, they just don't care about having an honest conversation. And then mm -hmm. when President Biden fixes an issue, they, they just move on to the next one. I mean, Jordy, when was the last time you heard the Republicans even like, remember, was it two years ago? Everything was critical race theory, critical race theory. CRT, 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 CRT. Nonstop. Now it's, now it's DEI, 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 That's DEI. New one. You know, you know, and-, and they will move to whatever bathrooms, 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 you know, and they just move on to whatever issue it is. 
that they think um, as they kind of A-B test what divides Americans the best. Mm-hmm. And they say, how do we rip the fabric of this? And President Biden says, how do we put this back together? And the media says, oh, well, on the one side, you've got this. On the one side, you've got that. These are far left groups. They're far right groups. Everyone's a little bit crazy over here. And the media then also buys into one of these staples of fascism, which is the aura of inevitability. Right. When you think about the way fascism prevails, where they represent almost always a small fraction of the population, it's by wearing down the majority by basically being maniacs and making the majority feel they have no hope and creating this air of inevitability. That's why Trump is so focused on polls and, and, and winning and there's no shot and we're going to win over and over and over and over again. And the same way the media gets caught up in right-wing narratives, whether it's over CRT or DEI or bathrooms and the media, to your point, Jordy, thinking that, oh, well, we have to be neutral here versus reporting mm-hmm. what the real issues are. Their narrative is driven by right-wing mania and, and, and lies and propaganda. And then legacy media addresses the topic from a both sides perspective, while right-wing media pushes it as well. So you have 75, if you were doing a pie chart here, yeah. 75% is made up of that position getting you know injected into the veins of people and over ben, and ben that guy that gentleman we just listened to f- from arkansas he like so close to just fully getting it and then you listen to who he references as i guess potential uh news hosts the tucker carlson's of the world and and the right-wing media as he says it that he listens to says oh nikki haley will never be your vp they're not pushing that they're not pushing he's in that stream of, of, of the injection of those acronyms, give me the CRTs, give me the, the DEIs, whatever that red meat's going to be for you know this modern day MAGA base, that he just can't fully take a step out and realize that all the things that he's looking for Nikki Haley to do, Joe Biden's already done. And so he's just that close to getting it. I did like that the gentleman did say that, hey, I'm not voting for Trump no matter what. I, I don't care. Not going to happen. And it's just, you know... <laughs> This legacy media, man, that's why I appreciate the Midas Mighty so much. Thank you all for tuning in day after day, because what we're building here, this pro-democracy coalition is is unlike anything, honestly, this world's ever seen. And it's all thanks to you guys that this thing can even operate. So thank you for making this like the best network that's out there. And I swear, we're all going to play a pivotal role in this 2024 election. Absolutely. Look, when everyone was saying red wave, red wave, red wave, we had Simon Rosenberg and Tom right. Bond on because they were focused on the data. We're like, and then, like red wave, red wave, red wave. We're like data, 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 data. And then the media was like, whoa, how do we get this wrong? Because you are just propagating right-wing feelings. Like that's not that's not what you should be doing. You, you should be focused on what the data is. Like with the Axios article, wh- where are you getting that Americans don't care about jobs that are that are happening in factories and manufacturing? If you're an American and that's helped you, that's helped an American. I'm sure. I'm sure that American is is helpful for for those jobs. And so again, I look to Simon Rosenberg and Tom Bonier about data. And so you see right here that nationally, Trump is weak. He's not strong. He's very weak. Thirty five percent to forty percent of Republicans don't support him nationally. Republicans from the own party, majority. And I think it's even more than that. 
majorities of Republicans not with him in the early states, Iowa and New Hampshire. GOP is meaningfully splintered, keeps losing elections. Olympian negatives on Trump will make it near impossible for him to win. New Hampshire, and if you look at this new poll from ARG from New Hampshire, um, you have Trump at 37 percent, Haley at 33 percent. And so that's the Republican, you know, that's the Republican primary right there, 37% to 33% right there. And if Donald Trump was, you know, the, the, the foregone leader, you'd expect that number to be like 80%, 20%. And the way, here's the thing with data. We can look at the way New Hampshire has worked out in the past and, and who can vote in New Hampshire. More independent voters vote in New Hampshire. New Hampshire Republicans are independent to begin with and more resemble that guy on the video that we played. New Hampshire breaks late. New Hampshire has a governor who's endorsed Nikki Haley. I think Trump's going to lose New Hampshire. I've said that before. I'll say it. I'm not just saying it to just say things. The data to me suggests that Trump is going to lose New Hampshire. And the data suggested to me that Trump would lose Iowa. The problem is DeSantis is such a bad candidate that it's like he really screwed it all up there because he had the whole organization of the Republican Party behind him in in Iowa, rather. I thought he was going to win Iowa, but um, but he screwed it all up just by being a terrible candidate. And those like are caucuses. In, those are caucuses in Iowa, which require a lot of structure and organization. Where I thought DeSantis could actually win in Iowa, I thought Haley could win in New Hampshire. I still mm -hmm. think Haley. Can right. win it, will win in New Hampshire, and then and then where where are we going to be, Jordy, in a few weeks? What's the media narrative? How do we get it wrong? Is Trump weaker? Da, 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 da. I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. Roll the tape back. Right when we were saying this, the data, and again, data can change the way weather patterns can change. You know, when you see a, a hurricane approaching and you see those weather patterns, sometimes it looks like it's going to hit a certain area and then it goes a certain direction. So I can only tell you which direction it's going. If it changes, I'll adjust my methodology. But I'm, I, I am basing this on data, and 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 that's not being discussed at all by any legacy media. It's always how strong he is, the horse race of of him versus Biden. He's he may not secure this nomination, so we'll see about that. But I wanted to say that piece right there, and then I will just mention this Fourteenth Amendment, Section Three petition for certiorari that Trump uh, filed. He mimics the argument that he made to the Colorado Supreme Court, now to the United States Supreme Court. And Jordy, if President Biden ever made this statement, I'll do I'll, I'll close the show the way we began. Do you <laughs> think this would be disqualifying if President Biden said the following? President Biden did not take an oath to support the Constitution of the United States. Imagine, I'll give it to you in a more real world context. The MAGA Republicans in the House Oversight Committee, they are subpoenaing uh, President Biden for all of this Hunter Biden nudie photos or whatever they care about um, in their depraved minds. So imagine the response from President Biden is, I don't have to respond to you because I am not an officer of the United States mm. and because I did not take an oath to support the Constitution of the United States. Now, if that was in a filing, would that be front page of every paper on cable news every second? And would it result in losing your support, Jordy, of President Biden? Yes, yes, and yes. Disqualifying on the front page of every organization, on the front page of every news head talking about it nonstop. We never hear the end of it. And absolutely 1,000% big, bro. Disqualifying. 
period. So Donald Trump's argument before the Colorado Supreme Court, which is incorporated by reference in his petition to the Supreme Court for certiorari, is the following. The framers excluded the office of president from Section 3 purposefully. Section 3 does not apply because the presidency is not an office under the United States. The president is not an officer of the United States. And President Trump did not take an oath to support the Constitution of the United States. So on the one hand, when it comes to absolute presidential immunity, he says everything that special counsel Jack Smith asserts in his indictments are within the power of the presidency. There is no layers of accountability. And then when it comes to the disqualification, he goes, well, you know what? I'm not an officer and I never even took an oath to support the United States Constitution. And so I say this question, wouldn't you say those are two also internally inconsistent <laughs> arguments as well. If you didn't take an oath to support the United States Constitution, oh my how are you claiming absolute presidential immunity, which you're point. claiming, which I would think would stem from the fact that you took an oath of office, but you don't have absolute presidential immunity either because you engaged in criminal conduct and there's no such thing as absolute presidential immunity when it comes to crimes as federal judge Tanya Chudkin said. But I just want to show you that, you know, everything we've showed you was in, was Trump's words, right? Mm -hmm. This is what Trump is saying. This is what he's posted. These, this is what he said. I'm not, I, I got passionate at times on this episode, of course, because they're so infuriating. But at the end of the day, I just want to bring it back that here's the data. Mm -hmm. Here's the facts. I don't want, I'm not, why am I trying to like coddle and, and, and baby this guy? Like, like when, when ha that makes us a loser country, like mm -hmm. when were we, and this is what Biden says. And I think Biden needs to work on this message a, a little bit, but I know what he, I, I know where he's going. He goes, we're the United States of America. You know, when Biden said, we yeah. are the United States of America, damn it. What he's also saying, I just think he should be blunt about it. We're not this MAGA loser crap. Just say yeah, it. Like, just say it. We're like not this losing. Whiny, this crying, this complaining, this victimhood, this victim tour, this gaslighting, this loserville. We are the United States of America. Damn it! I'll leave you with that as we as we, as we uh, finish for today. Jordy, great great uh, episode with you again. We're excited to have Brett back next week. Woo! I want to remind everybody. It's 2024. It's time to roll up our sleeves. We don't have outside investors. So the way we've built this thing, as I've said, maybe it's a good business model, maybe not so good business model, <laughs> debatable, but we don't have outside investors on the Midas Touch Network. The way we've built this is through our Patreon, um, patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Through our pro-democracy sponsors, we've been able to build this up uh, mm -hmm. and through our emojis right here where you can gift each other uh, emojis and you can gift each other memberships on the YouTube chat. Make sure you're subscribed on audio. Please, if you're a video YouTube watcher, subscribe to the Midas Touch audio. We almost broke the top 10 in audio. If you counted YouTube views plus the audio, oh. and that was a chart, we'd probably be number one in, Easy. in the world. Easily. Easy. But, but the audio just counts audio. So to our YouTube <laughs> viewers, Help us out on the audio charts by subscribing on audio. And when you leave a five-star review, that helps as well. And to our audio listeners, please make sure you go to uh, the Midas Touch YouTube page. We're on our way to 
2 million subscribers. I think we can hit that in January. And in January. Momentum up, folks. And finally, I just want to say how grateful and thankful I am to all of you, the Midas Mighty community. We're going to do this in 2024. Democracy is going to prevail in 2024. It's not going to be easy. Focus on yourself too. Take some breaks for yourself. That's all good. We, we, you know, we're, we're here for each other. Okay. At the end of the day, we're here for you. You're here for us. We couldn't do this without you. And um, let's just keep getting out the message. The best way you can help, and while we'd appreciate it, if you could do a financial contribution on patreon.com slash Midas Touch, the, the best way to help is just subscribing, sharing this. So if you can just share with one, two, three, four, five people you know, and then every day tell people about this network, say, hey, this is the network we've been waiting for. This is not like legacy media. You won't want to listen. You're going to want to listen to this. That will go a long, long way. So thank you, everybody, for watching it. And uh, we appreciate it. We love you. And Jordy, take it away. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. The At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right, gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.